Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Hello, everyone from Podcast World, and welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain Podcast. So, today we're talking about disc bulges. Now, we've discussed disc bulges many, many times on this podcast before, and on social media, and on everything else where we interact. Now, one thing that gets mentioned really frequently is... Well, disc bulges are totally normal, aren't they? Or doesn't everyone have them? Or, yeah, pretty much most people walking around have disc bulges. Now, if a clinician starts mentioning this right off the bat to you, and you're struggling there, and you've been told you have a disc bulge, or if they start dismissing this pain as normal or the same as everyone else, it's a real surefire way for you to immediately not like them. And that's totally understandable. You're sat there in a lot of pain. This pain could have totally taken over your life, your social life, your job, your work, your activity of daily living, everything. So jumping right in with that is very rarely the right approach, most of the time. But does this mean that we can never mention this? Can we never mention the fact that a lot of people walking around do actually have disbulges and no pain? No, of course not. And I would actually suggest that having this discussion around normal imaging findings with your clinician is a real key part of that recovery process. And it can really help in the long term to decrease fear, decrease in fear avoidance, which we've spoken about before, and catastrophization, which is worrying and panicking about your symptoms. And it's important to remember that discs actually can be a really massive source of pain, both from acute low back pain to nerve root compression and sciatica-like symptoms. And often I feel that some clinicians can be very quick, myself included, I've been guilty of this, can be too quick to diminish this as, as normal. So what questions do I use as a clinician to help start this conversation with patients around pain. So what I'd like you to do is have a think about some of these questions and reflect on them over the next few days or ask your own clinician about them the next time that you see them. Now, obviously, these questions will change from patient to patient and there are going to be nuances, of course, but asking questions about your fears, beliefs and understandings of what pain means or what scan findings are is a really good way to help myself and other clinicians garner an understanding about about how you're feeling about your pain. So some questions I like to use are what do you think is the cause of your pain? And that's a good one to start to help you kind of open the door a bit. Or how many other people do you think have these changes on scans? And this can open the door to a much larger conversation, which can then be replayed out over the coming weeks or coming months. Or what do you feel needs to be done in order for the pain to go away? And this can really help gain another understanding of what a patient thinks or what you as the patient thinks is the real problem and what you want to happen or what you feel needs to happen. And do you feel that this, or do you believe that this pain will ever go away? And this one can really hit home because a lot of patients will say no. And often when people are in pain for a long time, people will genuinely believe that the pain will never go away. So an approach with a patient who believes that the pain will never go away will be very different to a patient who believes that no, it will go away in a few weeks. And obviously the conversation will then take different turns after that, depending on, on the answer that people give. But what often people come back to and what the question then people reflect back to us is, well, if it's so common, why does it hurt me so much? You know, if, if everyone walking around has a disc bulge or we know 50, 60, 70% of people walking around without any back pain have a disc bulge, why are they not in pain whereas I'm in agony? Or why is my disc bulge so much more painful than everyone else's? And that's really not an easy question to answer, but I'm going to try and talk about how what I would do if a patient asked me that. So yes, most people walking around have disc bulges, as we know. Most have no pain. Some have lots and lots of pain. 
And this goes for many things. A lot of people have so-called, that horrible term, degenerative changes, or now we prefer normal age-related changes on, on MRIs. We know that two MRI scans can look totally identical, but one person is in agony, whereas someone else may have never had an episode of back pain in their entire life. So enter the boiling frog hypothesis. Have you ever heard the story that if you put a frog in cold water and slowly turn up the heat to boiling, it doesn't realize it's being cooked until it's too late. It doesn't try to escape. Now, please don't do this. This is a hypothetical experiment. Whereas if you put a frog in boiling water, it tries to escape quite quickly. And these are similar to our spine and our tissues. Slow, subtle changes over time are not registered by the body or the brain as a threat, hence little or no pain. Whereas sudden rapid changes over time are often reported or seen as a threat and are reported as pain. Now, David Poulter, the physiotherapist who we've had on the show before, describes this as his rule of twos for why an area can suddenly become sensitized and painful, whether that area shows changes on scans and imaging or not. So in reference to kind of physical or psychological load, it can be too quick, too strong, too long, or too often. And then a tipping point occurs. The body interprets these, these, this increased load, which is you know too quick, strong, long, or often, as a threat, and we can experience pain. If these stresses are applied gradually and within the joint's capacity or within the joint or body tissue's capacity, then we have a chance to adapt and remodel and get stronger as a result, and often no symptoms will be noticed. If we exceed the capacity of any tissue, then it can't adapt in time, and it can trigger, trigger a pain episode. And everyone knows this. You know, If you go to the gym... You know, you start doing a couple of press-ups or starting a couple of squats. That stress is put through your muscles and your muscles get stronger and adapt as a result of that stress. You know, and this happens with any, any tissue in the body, whether that's bones or discs. You know, astronauts go to space. They don't put any stress through their joints and through their, their bones and they come back with, with weaker bones than when they went. And that's why there's so much effort now with astronauts to get them doing weight-bearing exercises in space to try and stop this this weakening of the bone that happens when they're away for, for long periods of time. And there are also many, many other factors that can have a huge impact on someone's pain from your thoughts, your fears, your beliefs, your own understandings of pain, your lifestyle, your social factors, and many, many more. Now, any good clinician, whether that's a chiropractor, a physio, an osteo, GP, surgeon, sports rehab, sports therapist, whoever you're seeing has a massive role to play here. And a good, a good one of those therapists or good clinicians will play an important role about addressing one of those factors as well. So I'd like to have a reflect on those questions that I've just mentioned over the, over the next few days and have a chat with your clinician about it next time we see it and try to improve your own understanding of pain about what pain is. If you don't know where to go, we have some fantastic episodes which go into a lot more detail about pain and about understandings of pain, namely episode 29 with David Poulter, you know, from Poulter's Rules of Twos, um, which is episode 29 titled Discs Don't Slip, or episode 31, Do I Need an MRI for My Back Pain with physio physiotherapist Adam Dobson, where we discussed how common all these findings on imaging actually are, and episode 53 with Julia Gover, which is one of my favorites, titled The Biggest Myth in Back Pain, which is a really wonderful episode about the fascinating world of pain. So please go and check those out. And if always, as you, if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or family member who really needs to hear this or take a screenshot, pop it on your Instagram and tag us at The Back Pain Podcast. It means the absolute world to us that people are listening. But that's it from me. I've been Rob. We've been The Back Pain Podcast. Take care and enjoy the rest of your day and we'll catch you on the next episode. Over and out.